Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast. I'm your host, Christine LaPerriere, president of Leader in Motion. On this show, we're going to gossip about the best boss you ever had. We're going to hear stories about things that they did that helped you feel valued, helped you feel engaged, and really inspired you. We want to hear about the bosses that changed the way you look at everything. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip. Today, I invited Jonathan Needham to come on the show. And Jonathan, I invited you because I worked with you at Vanguard Investments. I had a wonderful time working with you. And I also really appreciated the way that you led your team in that environment. You were approachable and down to earth and, you know, created a very collaborative environment and you were just incredibly likable. (laughs) So it was neat to see what that did for the rest of the team because so many people rallied and it was a, it was a great environment where people had a lot of fun. So I had to ask you to tell me a little bit more about your best boss and how they inspired you. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks, Christine. Great to be here. appreciate you having me and you you got me blushing a little bit uh, this afternoon. (laughs) There you go. And then with that, can you just give everybody a little bit about your background and who, you know, who you are so people can find you? Yeah, sure. Certainly. Uh, I've been in the financial services industry for call it 25 years now. Started in this business in human resources. So I was a recruiter for one of the largest asset managers globally and kind of worked my way up through the ranks of the financial services industry. So most recently, I'm a vice president and director and lead of the uh, ETF distribution channel for TD Asset Management. Been here for two years. It's a great firm, great team, and we're growing very quickly, which is very nice. Amazing. So tell us who's your best boss ever and give us a little bit about who that person is and what they're like. Yeah, thanks for seeing. I mean, I, I got to say, I've, I've been pretty fortunate. I've had many great leaders throughout my career, many great mentors too that weren't my boss per se, but but who really influenced me, my career. And I'd like to say who I am today as, as a leader. My best boss ever was so good. I'm now working for him again for a second time. Someone you've worked with, uh, someone you know quite well, Christine, and that's that's Jason McIntyre. I think this is amazing that I did see that you followed Jason from Vanguard now to TD, which is pretty interesting. So that tells me a lot about he must be a best boss, right? Not many of us go for a second round unless they're not <laughs> they're not a great boss. So tell us, what is it like to work with Jason? Why would you say he's a best boss? There's no single one thing, really. There's, there's multiple reasons. I mean, I think first, you know, he's authentic. He's got a lot of integrity. He's got empathy. Those, those are kind of a few things. The other thing I would say, and really what I like about him is he's really got a relentless passion for the business. So he's just, you know, constantly engaged in the industry, what's going on, who's who, and how do we grow? So he's, you know, I'll say inspiring from that perspective. I think the other thing that I really like about Jason is he he's really good at empowering his people. He has a very, you know, real and genuine interest in them as people, um, as performers, of course, but but also as people. And then I, I'd also say he's he's someone who's very competitive. You know him, you've worked with him. He's got very much of a, a sports coach style to his leadership, which for me worked. And one of the things I like about that is it's a constant kind of challenge to push you past your limits. Certainly very supportive along the way, but it's that kind of coaching style that I think is what really drives me to to working with them a second time. It's funny because I always noticed with Jason kind of when he saw somebody that was talented, he would just march right up and engage and get to know them. And I kind of thought that was an interesting quality where it wasn't like he just said, oh, nice job. He was like, nice job. And I want to get to know 
know you better because I'm going to leverage you. <laughs> like I'm going to figure out how we're going to work together. He knows how to spot talent and kind of go after it. And I think that's probably an amazing quality because I noticed that the teams that he would build were just, you know, chuck full of really good people. I, I 100% agree. I mean, he, he does that today really well too within the organization. And you can tell when he says, keep an eye on her or keep an eye on him, you know, they're going places and he's always there to kind of help and be a sounding board and, and push them to do that because he identifies it pretty quickly. Also, I mean, the team that he's created that I'm a part of, they're all veterans and they would be, I'd say, very sought after from other organizations. So the fact that he was able to get them, I think is an accolade to his ability to identify talent and his ability to kind of, you know, have those folks want to work with him and for him. So tell me, what is it like? Like, give me some examples. Like, what's it like in a meeting with him? Or tell me, like, I know he's had tough coaching with you. So tell me, you know, <laughs> when he's <laughs> when he's had a tough coaching conversation, like, tell me about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, let, I'll start with the positive. I think, I think, you know, when you work with someone like that, you know, it feels less like work and more like a game, you know, a, a game that you want to win, not, not just for yourself, but because you don't want to let them down. So, you know, that part's fun and, and, and very motivating. I think, you know, as you know, and as you've seen, he's very candid, right? And he's going to challenge you when he sees something that he doesn't think is really kind of showing your best self to others. And so I'll tell you a story that's kind of a funny story is, you know, we get an opportunity to go to these industry events often and represent our company and our brand. I put our best foot forward at these conferences with you know thousands, ten thousands of people. I've been very fortunate that he sent me to many of those over the years. And there just happened to be one that took place in sunny Florida. And I would like to say for the most part, I did a really good job of representing the group. But there was a, a little spot at lunchtime. There was a speaker that I had already seen. And so I thought it was a good opportunity for me to go for a little swim in the ocean. So I put, you know, put on my bathing suit. I didn't think twice. I walked through the lobby and I went out, went for a swim, came back and went to the, uh, went to the rest of the session. Of course, I just happened to pass by a lot of senior executives from Philadelphia at the time, which quickly got back to Jason that, hey, did you know your guy was swimming midday? And so uh, <laughs> let's just say that was a much tougher conversation when I got back. He's like, really? What were you thinking? Um, you know, could you not have gone the other way or at least not done it at all? And so I think, you know, the, the challenge is a positive challenge that he's not afraid to kind of call you out. And I still get teased about that, despite the fact that that was almost seven years ago today. He still <laughs> challenges me publicly, right. teases me about that at that time. So every time he sends you to an industry event, he asks if everyone's going to see you in your bathing suit. <laughs> Absolutely. Did I pack my Speedo? I know. Should, should I be allowed to go? Uh, all those kind of things. He has fun <laughs> nice. at my expense, deservedly so. Right. But that, I mean, that goes back to like the feeling of friendship and connection and the ability to kind of keep it fun, you know, but I love the fact that he brought up that candid issue because again, those are the things that a lot of people won't say anything, but then they start to hold a resentment and over time, all of a sudden you're in trouble with somebody and you don't know why. Absolutely. That, that, and, you know, he's always done a really good job of trying to protect me from myself. And so, you know, whether or not it, bothered him or not, he, he knows that, you know, the optics of that may not be ideal. And so making sure that I identified that is, is key. He wanted to make sure, yeah, you weren't in poor standing with anybody that was important, right? You got it. Yeah. No, that's great. Tell me also kind of what kind of things do you notice when you're in discussions, meetings, you're trying to solve problems, things like that. Tell me, what is it like? Yeah. You know what? I think one of the things I've always said is, and one of the reasons I, I followed him is it's, you know, it's, it's uplifting to have a role model, like someone you respect, you, you admire, someone you strive to be like. And I think that's a perfect example, you know, when you ask about what's a meeting 
look like? I mean, first of all, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. If you don't have an agenda, there was no point in the meeting. If you don't have an actionable takeaway from that, that meeting that was obviously discussed and collaborated and challenged along the way, then it wasn't an effective meeting. And he's going to let you know that. And so I think, you know, that's what I see in meetings and all meetings is like, I can learn by example, because I know when he runs a meeting, he's going to be early. He's going to be coordinated. He's going to have input ahead of time. Any pre-work would have been done. And so he expects that of others. And I think, you know, I learned a lot from that is a, it's someone you want to emulate. It's a style that I think works. And I think it's important, particularly, you know, over the last couple of years to make sure that you're, you know, you're meaningful and you're concise and there's actionable ideas when you're going into a meeting, just don't meet for the sake of meeting. And I think uh, to me, that's what I've noticed when he runs a meeting, when he's a part of a meeting, it's always actionable. What are we doing? And why are we here? And then kind of how does that trickle down to the rest of the organization? It trickles down because people are action oriented, right? I think what happens when you're running an effective meeting that is, you know, obviously outcome-based, if you will, that makes sure everybody else is on their toes. So everybody steps up their game to make sure that they're prepared to make sure that they're speaking their voice because it's, you know, be heard now or you might not get heard because obviously we want to go away with some takeaways of what we're going to do in our next steps. And so I think it really drives results, to, to be quite frank, is, is it drives efficiencies, it drives results, it, it drives actions. And then that kind of leads to one of my second questions that I love asking is, you know, in my world, I work with about 100 leaders and, you know, companies are always asking me what the return on investment is in investing in leaders becoming great bosses, right? So if you had to articulate what you think the actual impact of the organization is when they have a best boss in a, in a senior executive role. Like, what's the benefit of that? I mean, Christine, there's, there's a very high positive correlation with, with strong leadership and results. I think it starts from, from recruiting. You know, people want to work for people with good reputations. I mean, a current example is the team that he's built here at TDS or management. You know, these are veterans that probably had the choice of multiple places and they decided to come to TD, mainly for him first, for the firm second. So I think that helps. You can see that on, on the recruiting side to attract high-performing talent. The second is retention. He really is, and I think any great leader is really a developer of people, and they take more pride in the success of others than they even do in the success of, of their own. So, you know, that's kind of like that winning mindset is if others win, you know, we're going to win. And so from my experience with him and other great leaders, he's always hit and exceeded targets from doing it from an established organization to a startup to turnarounds. I think it's that winning mentality. It's that empowering of others. Like I said, two different places, very lofty goals and obviously hitting it or exceeding those targets. So it's nothing but a positive impact on, on the bottom line, the metrics and results. And, you know, leadership also with great leadership comes less disruption because you've got a higher retention, you've got a better pipeline of recruits, and you've essentially got people that are more comfortable with working with each other because they know they can obviously succeed in, in that environment. I agree completely, but it's fun to hear that come from your perspective and what you're seeing because I, I feel like that's what I witness. So then when you think of bosses that you've worked for who were not the best bosses... I don't have to be the worst, but not the best. Like, tell me a little bit about what that looked like for you. Yeah, I, I got a couple examples. So I'll, I'll start with the simple one. I'll, I'll do first names only because it's a small street, a small industry. We'll just say his name. His name is James. But long story short, I worked for a company once and, and, and very briefly, and you'll probably understand why shortly. And I think I was the second week on the job and it was the morning kickoff meeting. This boss particularly said, oh, 
it's time for Offside Friday. I was like, Offside Friday? What? British background. Let's just say he spent the next 20 minutes telling a bunch of extremely offside jokes. I could see the discomfort around the room, especially among the younger folks, especially among the younger female folks in particular. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Never mind in any time frame, but in this day and age, this was about 10 years ago, just not appropriate. That same boss called me the following Friday where we were doing a sales meeting at 11 a.m. And he was called in remotely. He wasn't there physically. So he kicked off the call. He ran the call. He's very eloquent in the call. But right after the call, he called me. He said, okay, get the troops together, come to the bar. I'm like, come to the bar. It's 11 a.m. He says, yeah, I've been at the bar all night. I haven't been home. And I've got a motivational speech I want to give the folks. And I said, I, I said that's a horrible idea. Uh, I can still <laughs> tell that you've got, uh, you know, you're, you're some beverages. Let's just you. say you're under the influence. You know what? You work for me. Bring the team. Okay. Against my advice, I, I took the team there and it did not go well. I mean, he did not set a good example for what a leader should look like, right? He disheveled, you know, red faced, uh, so on and so forth. And so worst boss ever. I only stayed in that job for six weeks. Definitely not a fit. Six weeks. Uh, anybody that six weeks, six weeks. It's not even on the resume. Six weeks. I had to get out of there. That's pretty quick. And offside Friday is a big red flag right out of the gate, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Big red flag. And probably just like the rules around driving vehicles should be the same rules around leading people. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> under the influence, like, you know, stay at home, get somebody else to drive. Exactly. You don't you don't need to uh, lead a team at that moment in time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The other other thing I would say is, you know, and I, and I work, like I said, been pretty fortunate. Most of my bosses have been really good, but, but the ones that I find don't fit my style are the ones that aren't really willing to, to empower their people. Um, they're a little controlling. They're a little bit more, you know, asking you for every little detail, following up on every little detail thing, almost like they don't trust you. Just can't give up the job. And so uh, I've seen it multiple times when you get somebody who's been a really good, you know, individual contributor and they go to a leader capacity, they still have a hard time taking off that individual contributor hat and they want to control everything. And so I think that's where you need to determine, you know, should you really be putting that strong individual contributor into leadership and or if you're going to do so and make sure you're bringing in coaches uh, that can help them in that transition. Folks like yourself, Christine, Thanks. Yeah, ideally say, you in particular to, to help that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know, it's interesting when you say that because I think of the controlling aspect and go, what's interesting about that when I think about it is that it actually speaks to the layer even above that. So if you have a great individual contributor, let's say someone like yourself, promote you into leadership, what you really need is a boss who enables you now to go build a really solid team. Because if you can't put great people under you, that controlling instinct is going to pop back up, Right. 100%. So it just speaks to culture and why it's it's not just one dimension. Agreed. Those are good examples. Like I said, I'm I, I'm still going to be kind of giggling about Offsite Friday, though. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I still do to this day too. I was going to say, what kind of what kind of jokes would I be telling if I was an Offsite Friday? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that over a glass of Chardonnay another time. But that's uh, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to teach or advise future leaders. So a lot of people that listen to the show are trying to kind of build that edge. They want to be a best boss. If you had to give them advice or insight on some of the things that they could do, what would you tell them to focus on? 
I mean, I think lead by example is so important. So first know that people are, are watching and looking up to you and are going to catch on whether you're, you know, offside Fridays and or whether you're, you know, running effective, efficient meetings and empowering your people. So I think that that's first and foremost. I think the other thing today, you know, people are, are looking for leaders that are really focused on, you know, what's good, what's right and just for everyone. So someone who's like decisions and actions are, are good for society as a whole. So not just for themselves, but also for their companies, also for the greater society. And so whose actions are guided by values and morals. I think that's becoming, you know, more and more important as we grow as a society and as we focus more on doing what's right, right? You're seeing that on the investment side of the business. It's like, I want to, you know, put my values alongside my dollars. And so I think that's really important. One of the questions this came through, you know, you were there when I was doing my MBA course. And one of the questions that came out to me that I thought was really important is that every leader should really ask ourselves, when I'm thinking about a great leader, would I, would I want this person to be my child's first boss? So I think I have two daughters, as you know, right? One's 15 and one's 12. And so I think about, would I want this person to be their boss? Are they going to help provide that role model and that inspiration and the, the challenges that I think they need to, to grow and be successful? And so I think as a leader, if we all ask that question, would you know my best friend or would this colleague be thrilled that this person is working for me? I think that would make sure we've got our, our moral compass in line and we're there to help develop and encourage that development. Wow. I love, love, love that. That is really powerful. And it's very insightful to me. I think about that sometimes when I look at politics and leadership too, just because I, I heard someone who was running for office a couple of years ago in the United States. And her point of view was to build a country that is the best place in the world to raise a kid. It was like, you know, somebody asked her, what would you do if you could wave wand? And that was her answer. And I, I feel like it was overlooked at the time because she wasn't one of the front runners, but it was such a powerful answer. It's like, what if you built a country that was a, the best place in the world for a kid to grow up? And I remember thinking, well, that's really powerful. And I think the question that you just asked, you know, would I want this person to be my kid's first boss? Again, as a mom of two kids and, you know, thinking about what their future is going to look like. I know instinctively that makes me even more passionate that we need more best bosses. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Jason's as well, because I like the fact that he does hold people accountable. He's not winning the likability award for the sake of just being liked. He's really trying to win a game, like you said, or he's trying to win, reach those numbers, reach those goals. He wants to make things happen. So it's really not about just trying to be a nice person necessarily, but it's also like really having a lot of admiration and respect for the individual you're working with while you're trying to get everybody to rally together to accomplish something big. I always liked that. Like you said, candor, you know, being able to call you out when you're at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's for real. You know, like I, and I think of that, you know, would I want that person to be my kid's first boss? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I want someone that's able to help them be their best self and, you know, understand the dynamics of business and there, there's multiple dimensions, but also be respectful to them and kind and not make them come home at night and feel deflated. Absolutely. I think there, there's not enough put on that kind of that kindness, right? And that's, you know, I'm fortunate. I've seen that at the bank in particular, where I think when I was interviewed, you know, Jason's boss, Bruce Cooper, and was like, wow, like, is he really that nice? Or you guys really want me that badly? And he's like, no, that's just him. That's his personality. He just, he's just one of those individuals. And so that's the type of culture you want to work 
for where you want to, you know, hang your hat and hopefully retire at. Absolutely. It's great when you can get that combination, you know, of kindness and really, you know, great integrity and making big things happen. Well, thank you. Any last words of wisdom? <laughs> what do I, what I got on? I think, you know, it's, it's funny if, when I think about leadership and, you know, I'll, I'll put my MBA hat on for a minute and give you a textbook answer, if you will. I think, you know, great leaders today, certainly, you know, they foster teamwork, they value the diversity, they embrace change, they encourage that work-life balance, they take responsibility, they're personal, they're resourceful, they're positive, they really have that competitive spirit. I think they also today think, have to think globally, they have to continue to be coaches and build successors, they have to continue to focus on their growth, both personally and professionally. What I've seen work time and time again in leadership is, is really empowerment, empowerment with guidance. If you empower your folks and give them the right tools to succeed, you're, you're going to be a successful leader and you're going to have a successful business. And I think that that is key as I work with more and more millennials. As an example, they're just so quick to learn and so quick to go find their the, the answers themselves. And so if you can kind of give some direction, you know, high level direction and then empower them, you're going to end up with, uh, with some exceptionally strong results. And they're also going to feel they've had a very large part to play in those results because they have. That's fantastic. And hey, I have one parting words of wisdom for you. You know, tell Jason next time you see him that I stole one of his leadership pieces of wisdom. I still use it in all my classes. You'll hear hear people say this. Don't quit your job while you're still in it. I love it. I love it. I'll tell that. Him was that was one of his quotes and I stole it fair and square. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have it trademarked, but I also, you're talking about empowerment with guidance being, you know, a parting words of wisdom. And I was just like, oh, you know what? We got to add, <laughs> don't quit your job while you're still in it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's much easier to get a job while you have one. Right, right, exactly. I mean, and he also meant that in like the mental capacity, like don't check out and leave and ruin all that great work that you've done. And I was like, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> why, why do we do that? <laughs> you know, you, you built yeah, this great yeah. rapport and this great brand. And just because you're kind of ready for your next thing, you start to, to leave the scene before, you, before you're ready, right? Sounds like contractors, right? When they renovate, yeah. they get bored of the project and they move on when they're 95% there. Meanwhile, if they just saw it to the end, things would work out better they'd for them on referrals customer. and stuff. They'd have a happy customer. Exactly. So good, good words of wisdom. I might, I won't steal it, but I'll remember it. Oh no, steal it. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have it trademarked. So it's officially, yeah, all, it's ours it. to share now. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan. That was fantastic. My pleasure, Christine. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip.